What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Jamal Brown from the one and only D1 Ignite University podcast. Here to tell you about our one and only holiday contest. As y'all know, we love the people. I am a man of the people. So here's what we're going to do for you this year again. All you got to do is answer the magical question and DM us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever your social media platform of your choice. DM us the answer and you will be put in a drawing for us to pay one of your bills up to $200. But wait, because I love y'all and I like doing things for y'all, we have a little kick this year. If you buy one of our hoodies from D1NITUniversity.com, we will put your name in the drawing not once, not twice, but three times to get your bills paid. Go ahead and visit D1NITUniversity.com. Join, join the Ignit fam. Get a hoodie. Watch our stupid tweets, and you never know, we might be paying your bills this holiday. This is play-by-play analysis Devin Nashby on the mic So you know it's hella lit Better plug your headphones in On Apple Podcasts And we up on Spotify On Anchor too. No parachute, we so fly We talking sports and music What's the newest? And that culture Better stream, yeah, you better tune in It ain't gonna cost ya We talking sports and music What's the newest? Got exclusives Yeah, we do this play-by-play Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it and what is good, everybody? It's another edition of the Play-By-Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby, SK Play-By-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Jamal has made his triumphant return. It's been a couple of weeks, but D1 Ignite University is in the house. You know, shout out to my friends, Jamal Brown. You heard him in the intro. Here he is live and in the flesh. What's going on, brother? I mean, you know, I'm like your favorite T-shirt your girlfriend wants you to get a, get rid of. I just keep coming back. Better and better each time. What's good? It is officially scully season. It is. It is. And it's it's pretty cold these days, even though you get the little whatever. It's December. It's about a couple weeks till Christmas, a couple weeks till my one year with my baby girl, a couple weeks until I move to, ES, to Connecticut to go to ESPN. It's just a lot of good things happening in a couple weeks, pretty much. But anyway... We are here. Uh, speaking of more good things happening in a couple of weeks, the New Year's Six is set. College football postseason has officially kicked off. Bowl season is underway. And most importantly, out of everything, we have our final top four in the college football world. A surprise to almost nobody. Alabama and Georgia both made it. What was a little bit more of a surprise? Cincinnati, finally, the Power 5 schools finally got some love. It probably was long overdue, but the University of Cincinnati, who went undefeated and won their conference championship, made it in at number four. And the University of Michigan, after seven years of waiting for Jim Harbaugh to get his shit together, they finally got it together. They were the Big Ten champions handily, and now they're in so, Jamal, aside from the obvious Michigan hate, what is your reactions to the top four in the college football playoff? This is the first time in my life I've been so happy that Alabama actually won. Because let me tell you, if Alabama lost to Georgia, they would have found a way 
to justify kicking Cincinnati out of that just to put Ohio State at four. They would have found a way. Or Notre Dame. Because as we, five. as we know, what Notre Dame was at five, so they, they love Notre Dame. And two, they're going to ride the dick of the SEC no matter absolutely what. Because in what way, shape, or form could a two-loss non-conference champion get into a playoff against opposed to an undefeated conference champion? It doesn't make sense. This is true. This does not make sense. It wouldn't make sense. But somehow, I think we all know the committee would have put Bama in and Cincy would have got the short end of the stick. Kind of like Davis's mom. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't get that reference. We'll get to it. But um yeah, that's that's what I was kind of thinking was gonna bound to happen. I mean, they were gonna find somehow because even when you look at the rankings with Alabama, like throughout the year, they were up at number one. When they lost to A and M, they only dropped to three. Then you know, they would have these games where, like, the LSU game that was a little bit too close for my liking, and then, obviously, Auburn in the last game of the season, where normally, you know, most other teams would drop a couple of notches in the rankings, and Bama just kind of stuck around, you know? Then, the committee played all of their cards with the lineup of the top four. Like, we all know that they want a Bama-Georgia playoff rematch. We all know it, and now they just made it blatantly obvious. The fact that Michigan stuck at number two after that handy win over Iowa instead of moving up to number one over Alabama. Of course. Like, and it's... <laughs> he, he's like, bro, like y'all y'all not even trying to hide it no more. They, they've done everything short of just saying, look, this is what we want. At this point, they of might as well go down that route. But, you know. Of, co- of course it is. You know, me and your brother debated a few, of, about two months ago or so, about the overratedness of the SEC. Yeah. They're going to make sure two SEC teams get in just so the rest of the conference can chant SEC, S- Vanderbilt, shut up. This ain't baseball. Why are you riding the coattails of someone else's dominance? But we, we know. It's not like this was a secret. Of of the many things we learned about college sports, it's all about money. Money's the name of the game. Cash rules and everything the, around me. All of it. At the end of the day, we all know Cincy will never, ever bring in close to the amount of money that Alabama nor Georgia or Michigan can bring in for that matter. So they were just waiting to say, if we can get Notre Dame in here, we can get some college blue bloods. Well, <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And my thing is also, and I was talking about this on one of my last episodes. The question of, and this is a question that always comes up. It's come up in the last couple of years. Every time we talk about one of these power fives, whether it was Cincinnati this year, whether it was USF or not USF, UCF, in in group years past five. for a group of five schools. The question was always not not just oh can they beat Alabama like LSU can't so after that exactly. um, the other question was always well the fans don't want to see that and and that was a, always a debate like oh there's 
it's a blurred line between like people are mixing up okay the question of do we want to see Cincinnati versus do they deserve to get in do I would I rather see Alabama over Cincinnati hell yeah does Cincinnati deserve to get in if Alabama loses yes <laughs> like both of those can be true <laughs> you know and that's one of those exactly. things I think that keeps getting lost in this people keep equating the idea of saying the quiet part out loud which is ratings you know that's what drives this like oh we wouldn't want to see Cincinnati get in over Alabama oh would you rather see Alabama play Georgia or would you rather see Cincinnati play Georgia like and they they keep saying the quiet part out loud which is what's going to make people turn the TV on exactly like we get it sports is about that but competition is not if they deserve to be out there they deserve they to be deserve, out there. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, people keep equating those two. Like, oh, yeah. You know, obviously, the name of the game, especially now, is TV revenue, especially for these conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC. But that's just, yeah, you know, so that's what it was. Like, Notre Dame and Cincinnati were going to get the short end of the stick had, you know, a lot of things would have happened in Alabama's favor or in uh, Georgia's favor. But that's, yeah, that's the thing. It, it's a dumb argument because all you have to look at is the NCAA tournament. In exactly. no other way would you would we ever want to see Texas Southern play Duke? No. Well, well I mean, the way they're beating up on Florida the, today. <laughs> yeah. Well, Texas Southern is actually a really, really good program. Exactly. But, but yeah, you're right. We would want to. But from the size of them and the mystique and like a, from a rating standpoint, yeah. would you ever truly want to see Duke play TSU? Probably not. But it does, but that doesn't matter because if you make the tournament, you play who you play. Right. And any, anyone who's played sports knows knows this rule. Anybody can beat anybody. One time. One time. Especially in a winner go home elimination situation and and we don't play football tournaments that's all you gotta do if i think we all know out of a hundred out of a hundred times since he does not beat alabama very often which, probably, just like in game this is the one if since and alabama play each other 100 times i probably would pick alabama to win 98 exactly exactly but as dr strange this could be the There's one time. One, yep. <laughs> Three hundred and fourteen scenarios, one chance of winning. And you said you probably picked them ninety eight, but that doesn't specify when those two are coming. Right. It could be the that, first two, and then you lose ninety eight straight. <laughs> it could be you. You lose fifty straight. You win one, lose forty nine more. You never know. Right. Like you know, it just yeah. So that you know, so that's what it is. That's why I'm like. I don't think since he's beaten Alabama, but I'm not going to say they have no chance. I ain't going to say that. Absolutely Especially because you got a senior, you got a, a, a very old group, a senior group. You got Desmond Ritter as a senior. You got two of the best cornerbacks in the nation and Sauce Gardner. And I think Kobe Bryant is the other one's name. They're both seniors or they're both upperclassmen, you know, like now. And then to make things worse for Alabama, John Mechie tore his ACL. So now you're down one guy. So not to say that, I mean, it's Alabama, so you can easily plug in another five-star to replace him. But still, I mean, considering the production he's had this year, that is a huge loss for them. But, 
hey, the guy behind him is behind him for a reason. Exactly. You know. I mean, well, I would say that at any other school but Alabama. Alabama is just simply the fact that, hey, (laughs) this five-star is just a little bit better than that one. Because you look at... I mean, mean, yeah, but there's also a difference from I ain't been on the field all year. I don't have any kind of experience. And playing playing against Arkansas versus playing a college football playoff game. Yeah, playing garbage minutes and playing beneficial national title contending minutes, two very different things. Two very different things, yep. So, say all that to say, it's still going to be a good match. Now, we've been talking enough about Alabama and Cincinnati. The other side of this coin is the battle of game managers. You know, Georgia and Michigan, for some reason, those two head coaches have all of the resources. They got the resources of some small countries. They really do. And yet, they really do. And yet, for whatever reason, Jim Harbaugh either refuses or just simply can't find quarterbacks the caliber of the team down south. Like, why can't Michigan find a guy like Justin Fields? Why can't Georgia – well, they had Justin Fields. They let him go. Why, why can't, why can't uh, Georgia – why can't they find guys like Bryce Young or like, you know, these dynamic quarterbacks instead of these noodle-armed – Game manager, just don't mess it up. Guys, like, pr- it's proven in college football that it, it just, the times are changing. You can't really win with guys like that anymore. You when, gotta what do have... you mean the, time, the times are changing? It's never been like that. Uh, well, no, only... Bama won with guys like A.J. McCarron and Jake Coker. <laughs> yes. But yes. not anymore. And how, many of those, and how many of those running backs won the Heisman? Exactly. How many of those, how many of those, uh, play action, throw it deep, screw it, he down there somewhere, receiver, were first-round picks. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They were game managers at quarterback who just had nothing but D1 NFL first-round talent around them, but the quarterback themselves was clearly the weakest link. Of course, but uh, it, it, it's kind of always been like that. You can go. We can go back down the list of the last decade or so. Cam, Cam. Um, the least – the least mobile one might have been Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow's a decent athlete. Right. Or Joe Uh, Burrow. Joe Burrow wasn't... Burrow's not a great athlete, but he's mobile enough. Yeah, he wasn't like a speed demon, but... He's he's more mobile than A.J. McCarron ever was. Right, and he has a way better arm. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy. Look at these quarterbacks Alabama won with. But even Alabama, even Nick Saban said, all right, look. College football is changing. You got Johnny Manziel that's whooped my ass twice. You got this dude, Nick Clemson. Marshall, down at Auburn. I'm tired of losing to Clemson. I'm tired of losing to Clemson, Deshaun Watson, and and and, and all of that. And even he finally was like, all right, we're going to bring Tua in here. We're going to bring Jalen Hurts in here. Now I feel like Bryce Young is kind of like the – Magna Carta, Holy Grail, like of Alabama quarterbacks, like he's kind of everything come to fruition. For yeah, he's, he's, he's not the most talented, but he's definitely the most athletic. Most athletic and got the best arm. He's gonna be one of them ones. He just got to put some weight on because he's six one, like one ninety five, soaking wet. He's got to put some but weight on. But isn't Bryce Young a, a red shirt freshman? Yeah, he's a red shirt. That's what I'm saying. So he's it's gonna come. But I'm just saying, like he's yeah, gonna be he's one of them time. ones. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we, we talk about Alabama quarterbacks and how, like, oh, they don't do anything in the NFL level. 
aside from like Mac Jones because he's doing stuff right now. But and, he, and he's a rookie, and he's been the best one in over a decade. In over a sense. decade, yeah. And if he's the best they got to offer so far, I feel like Bryce Young is going to be like maybe five, six, seven times better than he could be. He's got that potential, in my opinion. And I say all that to say, for some reason, if Nick Saban can figure it out, why can't Kirby Smart? Why can't Kirby Smart? John why can't Jim Harbaugh? Jim he Harbaugh, been, right he can't. He really can't. But Jim Harbaugh been getting his ass whooped by Ohio State for seven years now. And every single time, look at who the quarterbacks were. <laughs> look the, last, the last dynamic quarterback they had wasn't even a real quarterback. It was Denar Robinson. Exactly. But even he was an athlete. Like, dude was shake and bake you and, 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 and could throw a couple dimes every he now was, and then. He was, a, he was a Georgia Tech quarterback. He was a, hey, which one of you running backs can throw the first? Exactly. All right, you quarterback now. And he came up at a time where you didn't necessarily need to be super dynamic as a quarterback yet. Now, in this era that we're in now, Denar Robinson wouldn't fly. <laughs> like, and no. neither would the mess that they've had since him. Like, Cade McNamara, I mean, cool dude, whatever, you know. He's he's one, you know, he's accurate, whatever. But you look at the quarterbacks that have beaten you. Justin Fields has been whooping your ass. Dwayne Haskins set a Big Ten passing records for one season, even though he was a bum in the NFL. Um, CJ Stroud, even though y'all, even though y'all beat CJ Stroud, I mean, look at what he did this year. You know, JT Barrett, JT Barrett, you know, Cardell uh, Jones, <laughs> you, you know, what? and we're missing the the predecessor to JT Barrett. Uh, is it Braxton Miller? Braxton, well, no, he he was before. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And who was it before? It was somebody before Justin Fields. Oh, it's Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I said him. So yeah, yeah you know, you look at look at all of those quarterbacks. How is it that you at the University of Michigan can't get somebody like that? Because it's not like the money and the resources from Michigan and Ohio State are that different. Exactly. You know, like the Big Ten runs through the both of y'all, clearly. It, obviously, since Penn State is Penn State's usually overrated. We, we, we know that Penn State's usually overrated. And you're Michigan. Do you know how many how many programs have your kind of money? And your kind like of eight. history and tradition? Like eight. Yeah. Literally. Literally. So there's there's no excuse for how you can't find somebody. This country is big enough. Your reach is big enough. Y'all aren't central Michigan. Y'all aren't western Michigan where y'all have a recruiting budget. Y'all don't have no budget. Is Michigan. The big house is bigger than some NFL stadiums. There's over 100,000. They said on game day at the University of Michigan, the big house is the fourth largest city in the state. Yes. Not 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 in the not in not in the region, not not the fourth largest stadium. No, the fourth largest city in the state. In the state. During game day. And you telling me that y'all can't all them hundreds of thousands of people that show up, and you tell me the best y'all could do is put is put Cade McNamara out there. You know, no disrespect to him because they, you know, they won the Big Ten finally. But like, really? But that you telling me y'all can't go to Southern California, y'all can't go to Texas, go. And that's you the know thing. what they can because it's <clears throat> plenty of receivers and and kickers and 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 stuff that they have on their roster from there. You know, Jim Harbaugh be going to sleepovers at kickers' houses, but not quarterbacks. <laughs> 
really the most important position. Look, I, I understand how important a kicker can really be. I, I was blessed to have a consistent college kicker over the last four years. That's something that doesn't come around a lot. Right. But don't you have a quarterback? A quarterback. Like, you telling me you can't go out to modern day and find you somebody like DJ Uyangalele or uh, Bryce Young? You know, you, you Man, can't go down to Texas. You can't go down to Texas and find nobody? You can't find Quinn Ewers, you know. You you can't get none of these people to come to you. It's it's just crazy to me, you know. And Georgia too. You let Justin Fields walk out the building for Jake Fromm. Are you dead ass? Jake. <laughs> because he Jake Fromm was just their golden boy. He was the first big time quarterback recruit from Georgia to go to Georgia, I guess. And they were just so enamored, like bro. Jake Fromm is not that guy. He's not that guy, pal. He's Jake Brown was getting picked off by Davis and making Davis look like an All-American. Right. You know, it's just crazy. Georgia really don't have no excuses because, I mean, you just, I mean, bruh. Stetson Bennett? JT Daniels? Really? Really? And, like, through, all of it, and through all of it, they still going to be chanting, SEC, SEC. Well, Georgia, you keep blowing big games, so I don't think you need to be chanting. Right, sit on down, sit on down, like really, you know. But if they get a rematch and get embarrassed again, I never want to hear anything ever again about Georgia ever in my life. Like I don't want to hear yeah. Kirby Smart's name. I don't want to hear Bulldogs. I don't want to hear. I don't care nothing about their defense. Nothing. If they if they get a rematch, if they do get a rematch and get dusted again, like it'd be one thing if you get a rematch and you lose by like a field goal. And, and, you know, that's life. That could happen. You know, that you happens. You can't get a rematch and get smacked. Just, 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 just wrap it up. Just wrap it up. Also, for Georgia, for y'all safety, keep y'all mascot in the house next time. Yes, please. Please do. A few, few years ago, they ran up on Texas at the Sugar Bowl, chanting SEC, SEC. And our, and our mascot, Bevo. Longhorn, you wouldn't have none of that. Wasn't having it. Wasn't they tried to introduce it. the bulldog to him, and Bebo was a really chill cow. Like he, he real, he's a spoiled brat. Like he don't be doing nothing. He just there be getting massages all day. He did not mess with that bulldog. He did not like that dog. Mm-mm. Not at all. And then you know, bulldog versus longhorn cow, you're not finna win. He not finna win that fight, right? Can I pet that dog? You know, like it just, you know, it ain't gonna work. It's not. So keep your mascot at home. Stop shitting the SEC. We, they not talking about you. Right, right. And beat Michigan because they got a defense that could give y'all offensive problem. That's going to be one of them ugly games. I can just feel it now. Them two oh, defenses. of course. With a, with a game manager like Michigan has, and then with a I'm game still going to root against them. Exactly. I mean, but Georgia got that too, so that's why I'm like, yeah. And he looked awful against Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But from the collegiate ranks to the NFL ranks, the month of December is really crunch time in the NFL. And this is where we're going to find out a lot about a lot of teams. You know, this NFL season has been one of the most wide open that I can remember. There has not been a single team that has separated itself from the pack on a week to week basis. I mean, one week you think 
Tampa Bay is the best, and then they go lose to a two and six Washington team. You know, one week you think the Rams are like that, and they get dusted by the Forty ers You know, the Vikings lose into the Lions. You know, you, you. I mean, it just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's great for us as fans, but obviously, it's like, bro, who can you really trust at this point? It, it is ridiculous about the polarity in the league right now, especially in the AFC. At least in the NFC, we can at least say the Cardinals are ten and two, so they're not heads better than any than everyone, but they're a little better than everyone. Right. In the AFC, man, the number one seed is the eight and four Patriots, and they're like four eight and four teams. So like exactly. So and then all everybody right underneath them is seven and five. So it, it's still not a huge difference. And they the all Bills, are like a bad eight and four. It's like. The Ravens are just winning really awfully ugly games. The Dolphins have kind of re- made a resurgence, and then it's like, you know, but they still are winning ugly. The Titans lost Derrick Henry, so obviously... They're they're not looking... You know, they don't have any chance. Right, the Chiefs so, are starting to look like the Chiefs again. But they had a really bad start, so, like, you know, they got to make up for it. So it's a weird bunch of 8-4 and four teams. You can't trust Cincy. You can't trust L.A. You know, no, no disrespect. Yeah. No, I don't trust L.A. half the time. You (laughs) You know, like they looked really good this week. We went went up 24 to 0 and let them go on a 22-0 run. Right. And if it wasn't for for whole mixing, fumbling the football. If it wasn't for mixing, fumbling the football, we'd lose that game. Probably. we lose that game. Mm -hmm. But hey, that's the way the NFL works. That's the way the NFL works. That's the difference. That's the, way, that's the difference. That's the difference between football and basketball. One yep. bad play in basketball, you get FOMO possessions to shake it off. Right. One bad play like that in football, that might cost you the game. Might cost you a job too. <laughs> you know, depending on what position you are. But yeah, I mean, exactly. even, even my team, two and six, dead in the water, we're looking like we were on our way to getting a lottery pick. We go on a bye week. First game out the bye week, we out here. Beating the Bucks, man, beating up on them too, making Tom Brady look like a rookie quarterback out there. Then the next week we play the number one defense in the league in the Panthers and 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 Cam Newton's return to Carolina and we withhold them and beat them. Then the next week you beat Seattle in one of the wildest Monday night football games I can remember. You know, you got everything in that game. You got fumbled kick returns, you got ninety-nine yard touchdown drives, interceptions on two points onside kicks and it just was a lot going on in that game then this past week we beat the Raiders you know Thank now you. we're back to 500 that. you know and you know we was one pass interference call away from losing that game so it was like you know it, it was wild but I still don't get why everybody is upset like these modern day NFL rules got some of y'all so traumatized it's not even funny because there was nothing about that that was pass interference. But the fact that we were all looking for it and holding our breaths on the play proves how bad it's become. <laughs> and and look, the, y'all, y'all have uh, – have y'all rallied, rallied off three or four straight? Four straight. Four straight, and we're in the month of December. And you know who historically screws up in the month of December? Yep. Our next opponent. The Cowboys. <laughs> and so the, y'all have a really good chance – of at least splitting. The, oh, of at least splitting. And look, the Cowboys are only 7-5. They are 
not that far ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And to say I think the Cowboys are going to win out. They're like 8-3, and three, I think, right now. And it's like, or 8-4, and four, one of the two. But it's like, and then for us, our last five games of the season, for whatever reason, the NFL did this to us. All five of our last games are divisional games. So, like, if we if we win out or at least go, like, three and two, four and one, we are easily in the playoffs. Because right now we're in the sixth seed because the Niners, Vikings, and Saints all lost. So we're in the sixth seed now. If we win maybe three of our next five games, we're in the playoffs. Maybe wild card, maybe whatever. But, like, definitely in, so... This is gonna Look, be. It, it, is Taylor Heineke the quarterback of the future? Probably not, but he's the quarterback right now, and he's finding a way to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like, man, that dude, man, it's hard not to root for him. <laughs> it's, it's like it's becoming harder for me. Like I'm, he's starting to, I'm starting to come around a little bit. Like I, I, I feel like he's not <coughs> the guy, but he's got a future in this league, though. He's, he's. He could be a a Nick Foles type, like he's one of the better backups in the league, and you need a strong backup in the NFL. And you know what? He's he's a good enough athlete. If you if you have a legitimate starting quarterback, he can play the Taysom Hill role. Yeah, I don't know. He's if he's quite as good of an athlete as Taysom Hill, though. I, I mean, I don't I don't think he should be out there covering punts and kickoffs and you know going to tackle right. But fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, and your quarterback isn't the most mobile. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having Taylor Heineke in. And that's what I was thinking about. I feel like we're in a good position with him doing this because next year, I could see a situation where you know he becomes like a placeholder. He's a guy that we could play him next year because I don't this this twenty twenty two draft class of quarterbacks. Off it ain't it. Ain't it? It ain't. I don't see a single guy in this draft. Not even this this dude Pickett, who's supposed to be this great Heisman. I don't see him as an NFL superstar. I feel like he's a great college kid. So I hope we aren't dumb enough to draft one of these guys because I just don't see none of them. So I, I feel like we could wait out until twenty twenty three and use Heineke next year. Worst case scenario, he plays really good and they you know make him the guy. <clears throat> best case scenario he plays so so but good enough to kind of hold it and then next year when Bryce Young or DJ Uyangalele becomes draft eligible we get one of them <laughs> you know or whoever else cuz that class next year's class is looking a little bit better than this one so exactly and in in the modern NFL we we live we know somebody going to get hurt yep and your quarterback has a Decent chance of getting hurt. Hell, the only reason we, we, have, we had we had her we had Herbo manias because we tried to murder Tyrod Taylor. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't even last a full game with us. Heineke in here because Fitzpatrick getting hurt in the second quarter of the game against y'all in Week One. My bad. So my bad. You know, no, no, no. Thank you, because 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 Fitz. No, I don't think we'd be in this position with him. Not not thank you. I don't, I don't, think I don't root for nobody getting hurt, but like you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't fit. We we all knew Fitz wasn't made to take it to the promised land, but Fitz was the best option, I guess. I guess, yeah, you know, because they couldn't get Stafford for whatever reason. I was I was I was and, thinking on that, but and Rivera did not want Cam. 
And we see why now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, the last couple couple of weeks. And he, he just, you know, he had the nice little comeback. It was cool. It was cute. You know, now he can kind of end things on the right note with Carolina. But it just, yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is. We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's a little segment I like to call the Big Time Plays of the Day, dedicated to all the craziest highlights and headlines in the week that was. And this week, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Craziest thing was up in Michigan. Unfortunately, another school shooting. At this point, it's as American as apple pie and racism. Honestly, and it's sad. It is a horrible thing. Yeah. Oxford High School, something like, I think, five or six, maybe even eight children were were injured. I think a couple, a handful of them died. Um, it was a 15-year-old kid who was arrested, or I think he turned himself in or surrendered or one of the things. And they, they arrested him and they arrested his parents because his parents bought him the gun and refused to interject and take him home when he was brought to the office for a threatening note just a few hours before the attack like then they tried to flee authorities they tried to pull 4,000 from their ATM and then they were caught and now they're all on suicide watch it's just it's a mess I mean I mean how many times does this have to keep happening is my question that's the stupid things about gun laws and we don't know I'm from Texas, so I'm in a very, very light gun control place. <clears throat> so I understand how dumb these laws get and how how people support the NRA to the to the degree that they do. Because after basically after Sandy Hook, we uh, they they we're not to say we they the them Republicans the Republicans decided the right to have guns is more important than the lives of living children. Yeah, I remember somebody said after Sandy Hook, when they decided that children dying was bearable, effectively that was the end of the conversation. Essentially. And I agree. And you know what was the sad thing about Sandy Hook and shootings like this? It, it, It has really gotten to the point where school shootings are above race. There weren't many black kids at Sandy Hook. Right. There, there weren't many black kids at this school in Michigan. But they're just, we're just going to let this slide. The one in Parkland wasn't that many black kids either. But, and you know, if, if it was a black kid shooting other black kids, we know what the media would say. We, we know how it would be viewed as black on black crime, yada, yada, yada. But this is white people. This is white on white crime, which is usually headline front page news. So, I, 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 the literal way to do it is to take away people's guns. Stop letting everyone, everyone doesn't need a gun. And my thing, even if you don't necessarily take people's guns away, don't make it easier for them to get it either. Like, it is harder in this country to get an abortion than a gun. It is harder in this country to get, like, voting rights. You have to, it's, it's yes. harder to vote in this country than it is to, get, to carry a gun. Like, this it's country's priorities are so ass backwards. It's not even funny, bro. It's harder to become a citizen 
and just want to live your normal, regular life than it is to get a gun. I can go to a gun show tomorrow, give a random dude $200, take whatever gun that he offered, and it's legal. Exactly. Perfectly legal. And people be coming up with some of the dumbest excuses for why. Well, oh, do we have car control? Yes, nigga. Yes, we do. It's yes. called getting a license before you drive. Waiting till you're 18 you, or 16 in some states. Yeah. So when you look at it, um, are people out drag racing on the on the streets in the middle of the day? No, more no. so in the middle of the night. For the most, and even in the middle of the night, for the most part. No. It's still, yeah, it's still pretty well kept under control for the most part. And also, for the most part, when you, cars, for the most part, only hurt the two people involved. The person driving and then the person that they hit. Guns affect everybody in the area. Yeah, we know too well all the stories about stray bullets that have killed people in, in black neighborhoods and stuff. That That's more of the issue we have there. And then, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. And like, you get states where like I think didn't Texas pass a law like you don't even need a permit to have a gun you don't need nothing to to openly have your have your fire I know Texas has that Memphis well Tennessee has it and that was a whole thing when young Dolph was killed and they were like that was something that one of the people they interviewed brought up like it's it's a handful of states like that like you don't even need a permit to have a gun which is crazy When I was working a job fresh out of college, one of my coworkers was from Pennsylvania, I want to say. And since we were a group of interns, for anyone who's worth the job with a group of interns, you know, y'all the youngest ones there, you all get tight because you're young and you kind of got to. Right. The new, the girl who wasn't from the South, we kind of had to explain, we sat her down and explained to her, hey, do you know what open carry is? It's like, no, what is that? Like, okay, so we're going to let you know. You see a man walking down the street with a very large weapon, uh, say an M16, you just let it ride. It's not abnormal. He doesn't want to hurt you for the most part. You just walk, you just keep walking like nothing happened. And no one's going to react to it because that is completely normal here. That doesn't make it right, but it is normal. Right. So the fact that I have to have those conversations with people just because they're not from here, that's not a good thing. Yeah, I could not imagine you know that up here. I could not imagine that up here. Because it's reasonable to see someone walking around with a rifle to be like, nah, should I run? Is this a movie? This is not okay. This is not the Wild Wild West. Where's Will Smith? Right. Whenever I do eventually get down to Texas, because I haven't been yet, but whenever I do, I'm gonna keep that in mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just remember that, like when I when I when I see it, I'm gonna just be like, "That's what he was talking about. That's what Jamal was talking just, about right there." Just chill. Just go on about your day. Now, most people aren't that dumb. If you're walking around downtown, don't don't have that thing out. Right. But there are people who are like that, and because we're Texan, and because unfortunately America. we're used to it, we're just gonna walk past you. Like, not, like everything's wrong. Some people might dab them up. Yeah, they're just going to keep moving. Yeah, that's what it is, though. That's really, that highlight kind of stood on its own. We didn't have too many big-time plays this week. So I'm going to just move on to the next segment, which is what I like to call you played yourself 
is dedicated to all the people that should have just sat down and ate their food and probably don't deserve the attention they're about to get. But hell, we're going to do it anyway because we can. And obviously, we are two years into what should have been a disease that probably should have been over a year ago. It's a very preventable disease we call COVID-19. Every day, new dairy... I mean, new variants are popping up, new letters of the Greek alphabet, like this is a probate at a black college. And now we have the newest one, the Omarion, joking, the Omicron, uh, whatever the hell it is, Omicron variant is out now. People have confused the idea. The fact that South Africa reported it does not mean that it was discovered there. And that has not stopped all of these racist-ass countries, most notably the U.S. and Israel, from banning travel from South Africa and plenty of other... Af- Israel banned travel from all countries that aren't in North Africa. <laughs> so all the countries that aren't Arab, they banned travel all the, from. All the countries that are typically a little bit lighter? Yeah, all the ones that look like them. Like Morocco, they're cool. Egypt, they're cool. Um, Libya, um, I'm trying to think of all the North African countries. Everybody that's sub-Sahara is cool. But everything under that, with the black Africans, they ban, they ban yeah. travel. And we can't even call them light. They're just lighter. Because look, if you live, if you're an indigenous people of Africa, you ain't light. You're lighter, but you ain't light. Right. You know? But that's where we're at. The U.S., in, in no business to be banned and travel from anywhere from nobody. That's ridiculous. You know. Um, and then you keep getting reports that come out like this variant, the Omicron variant, they discovered it in the Netherlands and a couple other European countries before it was discovered in South Africa. South Africa just put a name to it. And they got some of the best scientists in the world that have been kind of letting the public know about it. And they are getting punished for it and getting demonized for it and all this stuff. And then obviously this don't even talk about all the hoarding of vaccines by rich countries. The America, America got all these damn vaccines and you got people that don't even understand basic science that refuse to get them. And you can't. And, and meanwhile, in South Africa, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. The discrepancies and all this stuff. You, I've, I've, I've been through this argument with several other people. And I've come to the conclusion, look, bro, if you can't explain to me the water cycle, you don't have an opinion about diseases. Right. If if you can't explain how something goes from a lake to a cloud to falling as rain, you don't deserve to, you don't get an opinion because you don't know enough. And they're like, well, the death rate is so low. Okay. I thought about this just today. The death rate is low. Yes, it is. The death rate from shark attack, though, too. You 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 see a hammerhead shark? You jump in the ocean? Didn't think so. Shut up and take the shot. Right. You have a le- lightning strikes. People rarely get struck by lightning, but I'm sure you get your ass in the house when the lightning comes. I don't going out wearing tin foil pots and pans during a lightning storm because oh, lightning doesn't strike that often. I okay. Do you wear a seatbelt in the car? I mean, you can still get in an accident. Hmm. I, I don't know where all of this came from. It, 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 it gave me 
it gives me the thought of sometimes Americans we too free. Americans are sometimes idiots. someone needs to be punished for saying something stupid. Americans are idiots. They're idiots. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying death penalty or nothing, but I think you I mean, say this effectively stupid. is the death penalty if you get <laughs> it's just like you're just not locked I'm, up. I'm just saying if you say something stupid in a public space on a public forum or on social media, maybe just maybe we need a division at local police departments. Someone comes to your house and slaps you. Maybe that's what you need. We have the slap the shit out you unit that is dispatched to your house. They're going to come mean, slap the, the shit out you for saying something stupid. If New Orleans can have a parade department at their police stations, I think we can have a slap the shit out you department. Yeah. S-T-S-O-Y. S-T-S-O-Y. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I think, and I was talking about this, and I've said this a few times, I think the conversation around COVID is probably where we screwed up to begin with. If If the focus would have been more so on the effect it has on your long-term breathing and on your brain because it's a lot of proof like oh long-term COVID or whatever like people there are whole athletes that have lost their whole careers over this shit you know like that WNBA player had to retire because she couldn't breathe when she's running you know athletes at the top of their prime that have lost their ability to do stuff lost their mojo even um cam last year said hey it was months before i could really really catch my breath jason tatum taking inhalers in between plays during the nba games like yeah and say what you want about cam's performance but his physical his physical physique and his physical nature is still a monster of a human being cam is still a better overall pure athlete than in 95 percent of the planet and you saw going to you saw his play before he got COVID and his play after. Yeah. There was, was a glaring difference. And if, and I promise you, majority of your, of our listeners, no offense to them, you're not a better athlete than Cam Newton. Right. You think you're you think you're little hibiscus plants and and um you your your uh new tea or whatever the hell y'all are trying to replace vaccinations with is going to help you yes. and the top athlete in America is having breathing problems, sit down. I've seen I've seen y'all get winded going off one flight of stairs. Sit down. Exactly. You live you only live on the second floor. Sit down. Right. It's only two steps. <laughs> it's like, you know, but that's the point I'm saying. If the if the conversation would have been focused around long-term effects on breathing and your brain as opposed to how many people could die from it? I think people would have taken it way more serious. Because we should have. The whole argument is, oh well, you know, only this amount of people die from it. You should be worried about how it's going to affect your living self. We should have approached it like we do smoke, like we do smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes, it's- and the same way we we approach, uh, like yeah, yeah, smoking cigarettes and and eating yeah. too much sugar. Yeah, is if you smoke one, if you smoke one pack one day and then you don't smoke again for a year is that really gonna affect you niggas smoke hookah but won't take a vaccine i don't get it hookah is equivalent to 40 cigarettes but you think and then share and then share hookah share it you know and i've and i've smoked hookah before so i'm not saying i haven't done it before but like bro you smoking hookah but think a vaccine is doing too much it's the same people who 
demean others for drinking soda, but you drink liquor. Like, look, soda is just a lot of sugar. Liquor is literal poison for your body. Mm-hmm. There, there's no such thing as um, over, overdosing on. There's no such thing as soda poison. That's just called too much sugar. Right. That's a crash. Is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, that's a crash. That's a headache and rotten teeth. Right. You you drink too much liquor, you die. I mean, you could die from drinking too much soda. Diabetes. Yeah, but that's, again, that's a long-term thing. Yeah. No one dies of, di- of diabetes in a month. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But a thing niggas can die from is stress. And stress can come from a lot of places. Most notably, ain't shit women. Like Brittany Renner, who somehow landed... A motivational speaker role at Jackson State from Deion Sanders. I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But the optics, Lord have mercy, they look bad. But you know what? This only works at an HBCU and this only works (laughs) at an HBCU whose football program is headed by Deion Sanders. In Mississippi. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, in Mississippi. (laughs) Check all the boxes. Look, we, we know it's a stereotype, but you play ball, I play ball. You you grew up around ball, I grew up around ball. There are some dudes who are not smart. There are some dudes who cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. There are some dudes who are dumber than a sack of rocks. And there's some hard-headed dudes out there, too. They need someone attractive like her to come in and say, look, there are women like me who will scam you for everything you're worth. Like, it, you got to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Sometimes it ain't enough to hear it from coach. Sometimes you got to hear it from exactly. the whole themselves. We were all kids once. Our parents told us something, and then our friends told us something, but we only listened to what our friends said. And it might be the same thing the parents said, but it's like when your friends say it, it just hit different. Yeah, it, it's, it comes from a different place. It comes from like, oh, you're just trying to be the boss to be. No, I'm trying to help you. Right. So now, is Randy Renner a real motivate, motivational speaker? Hell no. But can she talk about this specific topic? Absolutely. I'll allow it. Somebody said, Dion got the most trifling woman alive to tell us about how trifling women could be. I respect it. Game knows game. Game recognized game. I mean, you know what? Who, who's the most race? Who's the most racist country on the planet? Probably the U.S. Us. Why did we become our own country? Because another country was being racist. So we said, "Nah, we we gonna take what we learned and we gonna implement it in a better way." Exactly. And that's a horrible way to think about it, but that's exactly what happened. And that's right. exactly what this situation. Is. Right? It'd be like. Ted Bundy doing a class on why women should be careful. It'd be the same thing. It's essentially what it is. That's what that's what Brittany Renner showing up is. That's essentially what it is. It's just it's just it's like it's Osama bin Laden teaching the dangers of not handling IEDs correctly. You know, like that's 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 what this is. And, and you know, and like we said, sometimes you gotta learn straight directly from the horse's mouth. Or the hose mouth in this case, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the hose mouth is a dangerous place. It yep. landed a lot of people in trouble. Like Davis's mom. Like, da- like Davis's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Really. But moving on from there, 
There was a lot of championship college football games that were played this weekend. Obviously, we've talked enough about the Big Ten and the SEC because those are clearly the two most prominent conferences in the country. Some of the best teams. Big Ten is best from top to bottom. SEC's got Alabama. So, obviously, yeah. they're going to get, <laughs> you know. But there were other championships, you know, the championships. There was, you know, the Pac-12, you know, Oregon wet the bed um, against Utah. You know, you you had the the conference, whatever conference Cincinnati's in with Houston. I think it's the AAC. American Conference, yes. Yep, you know. There was also an ACC championship that there were a lot of notable things to take away from that. Most notably the fact that Clemson was not in it for the first time since like 2014. It was Wake Forest and Pitt. Pitt's quarterback, Kenny Pickett, a Heisman finalist for a reason. Dude broke Dan Marino's school record for passing touchdowns. But the most notable thing he did in the game was not with his arm. It was actually with his legs. I have never in my life seen a fake slide. I've never seen somebody get faked out on a slide. But he's the first one to do it. And obviously, it's got a lot of people in it. It's got a lot of people with their panties in the bunch. Me. I'm them people because I hate you can't have it two ways you can't try to protect yourself as a quarterback you can't get a short whistle you can't do this give yourself up da 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 and then fake it at least not in college because in, in the pros you can do it because you gotta be touched but no because if he would've got his ass lit up on that play it would've been 15 yards and it might've been targeting which is the worst penalty in all of sports, sports. not all of football Sports. All the sports. Mm-hmm. So, no, you can't have it both ways. It, that either needs to be as soon as you commit to the fake slide, you're down, or that needs to be a five, 10 year old penalty. Because you see the defender stopped because he said hey, he started to slide. I have to, or I'm going to get this penalty. Um, you mentioned Clemson earlier. Remember, they had the same dude kicked out of the national championship game two years in a row for BS targeting. That is true. Now, so I've, I've, I've been going back and forth with it. I see both sides of the argument. Because, yeah, one thing, the defensive players got it hard enough as it is with all these rules that are aimed to protect offensive players, even though they're going to mask it around player safety, but really it's just to protect offensive players and to make sure that offense can reign supreme. More points. More points, more money, more TV revenue, more ratings. But on the flip side, there's a reason this is the first time we've seen it. It is not easy to do. Secondly, I'm more and more, the more I watch the play, the more I believe that, you know, so if you if you look at where the defensive players stopped, they were all anywhere from like, 15, 20 feet away from dude. It wasn't like they were anywhere close to tagging him. So I think in his head, he was initially going to slide and then realized that nobody was anywhere near him. And he can still pick up a few yards. Yeah, he could still pick up a few yards. And because they all completely stopped running, which something as a defensive coach you're taught never to do, is is stop until you hear the whistle. He he's thinking all of this in his head. And so he does the little whatever. But there, like I said, somebody mentioned it. There's a reason nobody's done it before. It is very hard to fake a slide. You can well, easily no one's done tear it. your knee up. No one's done it in college. Yeah, I was about to say. Mike Vick, Mike Vick had a very famous fake slide. But because uh-huh. it's the NFL, 
because it's the NFL. When you slide, you got to be touched. No, no, no. If you give yourself up, you're immediately down for quarterbacks. I, I think that rule was very different for him. You know, they well, want yeah, to see he's like, big hit, hit, Yeah, right. I was about to say, it's the same with Cam. He never got rough in the passer, even though there were some egregious hits on him. Yes. <laughs> but because it's Cam and because he runs, he wasn't getting the protection that a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady would get. So, with that being said, though, there's a reason that it hasn't been called. It is very difficult to fake a slide. If you don't do oh, it right, you can get your knee caught up and you will tear your entire knee up. Like, there, there's a reason that it hasn't been done. And it's going to be people that are going to see it and they're going to try to emulate it and they're going to get jacked the fuck up. It's going to happen. It's like, like it's... No. Mm-mm. There's yeah, a reason it, it's going to backfire. It is going to backfire on somebody in the very near future. And it's not until somebody gets backfired or not until it backfires that anything is going to be done to, 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 to stop it, in my opinion. Like, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Kenny Pickett is the first and probably going to be the only one. It was great while it lasted. But the, but the next person yeah. that tries it, they're going to get lit up, and then there's going to be a 15-yard, and then we're going to have a bigger conversation about this, and then there's going to be a rule put in place. But in my opinion, this is equivalent to fake spiking. Because during a fake spike, the defense stops because they think you're spiking the ball. So, like, generally speaking, the corner won't run with the receiver. And that's how you get Dan Marino throwing a touchdown on a fake spike or how you get Aaron Rodgers throwing a touchdown on a fake spike. It's the same thing in my just, opinion. Just like you can't fake needle. Well, no. Mike Leach tried that once. And it backfired. And it backfired. Yeah, you're, yeah, so you're not allowed to fake needle. You Once you can. initiate that action, you're down. Yeah. You know, or like running without your helmet. You know, in college you can't. In the NFL you can do it. In college you can't do it. Now, running without your helmet, it's that's stupid. just not a smart decision. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that's stupid. So I think. If someone is willingly want, willing to play this game without a helmet, hey, that's no penalty. Your own stupidity is is enough uh, it's like, consequence. It's like when Brian Cushing took his helmet off and headbutted the dude with his helmet on. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, why would you take I, the helmet I, off? I always hated watching football fights, and there's that one dude who wanted to be tough and take his helmet off. Like, no, no, what? Keep it you, on. You don't go. The night doesn't go into into battle to fight the dragon and then take his armor off no you have it you have armor for a reason because look if you've ever fought in football pads you can't really fight it's really aggressive wrestling and that's why andre johnson ripped the helmet off because you know you got to get a clean hit in there (laughs) so you rip it off so you can start getting blows in yeah, if you rip someone's helmet off, oh yeah, you you're a face now. Yeah. Faces can be punched. Yeah. Uh hard plastic helmets do not need to be punched. Exactly. You know? So that's that's what that is. It's just it's just a lot to unpack in there. You Cortland know. Finnegan should have picked bit. Andre Johnson wasn't the one. Cortland Finnegan should have picked somebody else. Well no, Finnegan had a there was a there was a what's the word behind it? Crazy science to it. There was a there was a method in the madness. He his uh, his whole objective was to get dude ejected, ejected. I mean, so that his team misses their best player. Which I mean, they were getting their asses whooped even before Johnson got thrown out. So it didn't mean things in the grand scheme of things for Tennessee. But hey, you get the moral victory. As far as your morals go, yeah. You know. Now speaking of moral victories, UConn. 
is not in position to have any because Gino Ariema, for whatever inexplicable reason, has Paige Bruckers, who is clearly the best women's basketball player in the nation. UConn is up by, I believe, 15 points with about a minute left. And Paige messes her ankle up or whatever to the point that she had to get carried off of the basketball court. And now a lot of people are asking, why was she on the court to begin with? Because this is something I've been seeing for weeks now. This wasn't the first time he's done this. And people were warning him indirectly, like, you know, fans and people who watch the game are like, bro, she is going to get hurt. Why is she in games late? People kept saying this was going to happen. They saw the writing on the wall. And now here we are. And Gino, he gets away with so much, in my opinion, in terms of him as a person. Like, he's just a really nasty individual. That press conference after the game to explain himself was really disgusting behavior to me. Let me tell you something about Gino. There's, uh, There's things people who are not from my area do not know. So, back in the Dizzy, there was a great generational basketball player by the name of Tamika Ketchins. The GOAT. One of the GOATs, yes, from Duncanville High School, who always has a great women's women's and men's basketball program. Men, I think they have four state titles, and women, I think they have six. So, Tamika said, I am not going to UConn. I am not joining your team. When I tell you Gino has not been back to the state of Texas since. Not not that high school, not that area. The whole he said screw it in an entire state, which obviously has breeds great women's basketball players, as you can see from Baylor and Texas and AM have great programs. Yep. And Texas went and Texas, great yeah, just had a number one draft pick, yeah. So that should tell you about his level of pettiness. And keep in mind, how old are high schoolers, high schoolers when they're making these decisions? 17, 18? Yeah. You let a 17, you're a grown man. And you let a 17, 18 year old ruffle your feathers that much to where you said screw an entire state of and athletes then, and talent? And then, you know, obviously it's well documented. Him and Candace Parker don't get along at all. For you to not get along with one of the best college or one of the best basketball players, men or women. Men or women. Like, you know, like, bro, how do you get on? How do you not like her? How how does she not rock with you as the head of USA basketball? Like, what? And you know, you know what? If she was here, I would ask Pat some. How do you feel about Gino? Because I don't, I don't know or know if there's a history of their personal relationship. Because there's a lot of college coaches that don't rock with him. Because although Pat Summit will, tends to rub people the wrong way, no one has a negative thing to say about. Yeah, Pat they respect Summit. the hell out of Pat they Summit. May, yeah, they may say I don't like it. I don't like her attitude sometimes, or maybe she's a little harsh. But as a coach or as a person, no one has anything negative to say about Pat Summit. The same cannot be said about Gino. Yeah, Gino really is an asshole. Like, really is an asshole. And then for him to say, I don't like how we look when she's not in the game. If you, bro, y'all are up. If you're if you're scared of your team blowing a 15-point lead in the last minute of a game, that says more about you as a coach. It, it really does. Blown leads 
are the fault of lack of effort and lack of coaching. Yeah, and I know you kind of don't lack effort. Show? No, you can't. Play <laughs> you for, can't not, with all them, one, not with all them top players. There ain't no way. That, that's one thing Gino does demand. Gino demands effort. Yep. So that, that means it's on you. Yep. And you just publicly berating your players every week? Oh, this team really is bottom tier compared to the teams I've had before. This team will not be up there in the history book. I'm like, bro, it's one thing to be like, oh, yo, we played soft. Like, there, there's different with coach speak. Like, oh, yeah, we just didn't play well. But for you to just keep publicly just, I mean, unloading the 30 clip on these people that you recruited, it's just weird. And, it's just and weird. then, at, like, bro, it's just December. The season is a month old. Right. And it's not it even close time. to, like... Like, people are going to compare it to what Penny Hardaway said. What Penny Hardaway said is very different. He said, people are just not giving effort. It's a lot of guys that are in there for the, everybody's out here for themselves. Like, he was giving real gems. This dude, Gino, is just sitting here just being an asshole. Like, he, he's here. By, sorry, I, I don't know, berating is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, berating. berating. Again, let's not forget, college kids. You... At 18 through 21 years old, bro, you need this confidence, especially as an athlete and especially as a basketball player. You need confidence, and your coach is refusing to give it to you. Right. And if I was one That's of their parents, like, now, Gino would really have to see me with the hands. <laughs> oh, he would. Gino would have to see me because it's not me he would be dealing with. It's my daughter he would be Right. He would, there right. Would be, it would be a few people. I'm like, yo, I will whoop his ass. Because the thing with women's college basketball is not like men's where you have one and done. Women, you have to stay at least three years, maybe even four. I you think know. it's four because I, I think was just thinking, think I, can't, I can't think of a woman who comes out early. There's definitely been a few that should have and could. I think they do have. I think they recently changed it to three because I remember Sabrina Ionescu, there was the whole thing about, oh, well, was she going to leave early? And she decided to come back. I could be wrong, though. I don't remember. but I, I know. That's something I would have to look into. I think you got to be at least three, I think. Definitely could be one. Because the WNBA is smaller, so it it just, they, one and done wouldn't even be economically feasible. Yeah, they would have to add more teams, and economically it just wouldn't work out. Right. And now with NIL, you don't even have to worry about that anymore. Especially if you're at the top tier schools, like A&M, Mississippi State. UConn, Stanford, they're, they're, those deals are coming. Like Paige, she just signed a deal with Gatorade, first first athlete to do that. So, you know, which is kind of surprising. I'm surprised that since NIL has started, nobody thought to sign with Gatorade yet. Because you you would think Gatorade, like my first in, my first thoughts would be, okay, um, the sports apparel that I like the most. Gatorade, Nike, Nike Under Armour, those would be the first ones I would think of. If I can't get if I can't get Gatorade, your body armor, what's up? Right. I can't I can't I can't get body armor, Powerade, what's up? I like Coke. Exactly. Hell, even Adidas, I haven't seen them sign anybody. You know? Women's wise, I don't know. Well, nobody I mean, prominent. I mean, I'm sure they got like little bottom tier athletes, but like I haven't seen a an AZ Fud sign with Adidas or. You know, I mean, she signed with Steph Curry, so it's different. But like, you know, things like that. But yeah, yeah, we have, we have one. I, I remember doing. I cannot remember her name, but she's in the WNBA, not college. Yeah. Anyway, you, you know, it, it just be like that. I don't know why. 
I'm upset about the NIL everything because you know what? I feel like I could have got a little bit of college money. It wouldn't have been nothing major, but I felt like I could have got some. Some local girl deal, on somebody. Yeah. Man, I would have signed a deal with a local barbecue spot. Be like, hey, I don't even need a whole lot of money. I just need to be able to take my dates here for free. Right. <laughs> and and twice a week I get a free meal and we cool. Right. We cool. But that that you know yeah. But last on the list of people that played themselves, the now former University of Miami football coach Manny Diaz. See, it's one thing for you to lose your job as a as a football coach when you don't perform well because it happens. It happens every year. We call it Black Sunday in the NFL. I don't know what they call it in college, but like it happens. People lose their jobs all the time. For you to lose your job and not even be told you lost your job, <laughs> you know, yeah. you are actively watching as your employer currently is is is, is um, what's the word? They're out here, you know, serenading, not serenading. They're out here actively like courting another coach at another program. <laughs> And you're reading these reports in the in the in the mail every couple of hours because it happened over a couple of days about oh yeah he's basically in he's the guy they've hired him and they haven't even told Manny yet. And you, you got know? you got to call you got to call the AD like hey he's got is there until, something I should know about he's got until Monday to accept the job <laughs> and they're like wait a minute I haven't even fired yet I'm the captain now I'm the head coach. Did, did something change? Right. Did I Y'all ain't and talking miss to something? Me, you know what is going on here? <laughs> like, and then you get the job, and and then they give him the job. They still ain't fired you yet. Then they finally do get around to firing you. It was just I've never seen anything like that. At for coaches, you see it with players, but not for coaches. And you know what? I'm not a fan of Manny Diaz because at his time at Texas was horrible. I ain't know he was at Texas. He was our D coordinator for a while, and it didn't it didn't end well. By the way, if you're ever an assistant at Texas and you leave, it's not going to end well. It doesn't end well for you, even though because he, I have my thing with Manny was he I I thought that was the sent the most sensible hire at the time because he was the D coordinator at Miami, turned their defense into a national story because they were really good, and then they had the whole turnover chain thing, so he restored the culture and everything. But the way he got the job, I mean, this is, I don't necessarily believe in karma, but this feels like karma. <laughs> you know, like Sometimes. for you, to, you, you get the job at Temple. Then you, the, 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 the school, your old employer, the school you used to work at, their head coach steps down on the 12th of December. So you get the job. And then two weeks later, you're like, you know what, Temple, I'm out. This was cool. Whatever. Fuck y'all. I'm going to Miami. I mean, if we haven't learned anything, not really feeling bad for him right now. <laughs> if we have, if we've learned anything about the last two weeks about college coaches, is they don't give a damn about these kids. They, they can say they do all they want. We're a family. No, we're not. You have an actual family, and you will leave me at the drop of a hat. And I don't blame you. And yeah, you know, do what you got to do. Make your money. I'm, I'm here for everybody making money. Let's just keep that same energy with the players. That's why when it's, 
when this happened to Manny, I was like, it's about damn time a coach got finessed like this. Because y'all finessing these kids all the time. It's about damn time a coach need to learn what it feels like, bro. Yeah, and we, we're not here to be against anyone making money, but there is a right and a wrong way to, to make money. Yeah, not every check for, is a good check. What, like for, for OU or Lincoln Riley? And hell, for, for Notre Dame, too, for them. Dog, there's a month left in the season. You told me you couldn't coach your guys for a month. And for, Brian, you, you told for Brian Kelly to wake them kids up at 7 in the morning, have a meeting for 11 to, minutes, and dip. And then hop on a private plane. To go down the... I would have... Nigga, I would have turned the snooze button on and turned around in my sleep, nigga. Because you, you got me all types of fucked up if I'd have been one of them players on Notre Dame's team. Hitting me with the iPad notes... Hey man, I'm sorry y'all had to hear about it this way, but yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> hey bro, get out of here! And that's my thing, bro. You're telling me you couldn't put off this announcement for for FOMO weeks. Like Notre Dame still has a big bowl game to go to. They're not going to the you know the Alamo Bowl or they're not going to the heart of Dallas Bowl. They're going to a big major nationwide bowl. bowl. Yeah. They're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, you're going to LSU. You could have literally gone there, signed the paperwork, be like, hey, by the way, I'm committed to my guys for at least four more weeks. Can we delay this announcement real quick? Like, that's what, that's what, that's why I like um, the Louisiana Raging Kick, ULM's coach. Billy Napier, he got the job in Florida, but he stayed and coached his guys through a conference championship, and they won it, and then he left. I respect that. You know, he did it the right way. And no no player's ever going to be like, man, Coach left, left us out to draw. He said, no. Because if, if any of them got the opportunity to go play at Florida opposed to... Uh, to ULM? Uh, that's Lafayette. Lafayette is, yeah. the, is the Raging Cajuns. ULM is a different school. Yeah, that's why I say, yeah, not Lafayette. It was ULM. Yeah. But if they got a chance to Louisiana be playing a bigger Power Five school, they would dip instantly. Yeah. But at least and they do. You know, they do. And got. And the thing about coaches is they tell you from the get go, you got to buy into my program. You got to believe. You got to. You you got to do all this. But coach, you didn't do all that, and you dipped on us early. And then got the nerve. You will dip. And in the same breath, say, "Oh man, you know, so much entitlement. Everybody leaving." Using the portal because they're afraid of competition, just like you were when you left Notre Dame for LSU. Hmm. 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 Like you know, like and fuck out my face. Talk about competition. And then you, and thing is, we all know, like bro, 98 percent of the guys we see playing on Saturdays who are not playing on Sunday. Right. Ninety eight. So for some of these seniors, this last bowl game the biggest thing they're ever going to do in their athletic life. And then then we learned that you, the committee takes into effect, like, yo, if your coach leaves, bails on you right before a bowl game, we may not consider you for the bowl game. Notre yeah, Dame, we may not. No, Notre Dame may have lost an opportunity at a bowl game because Brian Kelly's selfish ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, think about that. Like, what if, what if, what if Georgia takes care of business? And what if, what if, um, what if, what if, um, like Michigan would have lost, you know, like Notre Dame would have lost a golden opportunity because Brian Kelly decided, Hey, I'm out. And I think OU was only like nine. So 
a few a few things go the right way, they could have ended up in. So. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. So Brian Kelly almost really, and it's a good thing, and I'm so glad that uh, Marcus Freeman decided to stay because now at least. They got the guy in there that the, the guys really can get behind us. And, you know, that that gets to something that we're going to get to later. But, yeah, you know, we bring all that wrap around to say, ain't nobody feeling sorry for Manny Diaz. Nobody. Not a soul. <laughs> you know, except for maybe whatever. And he gets a nice little buyout, too. So it's not like he's hurting. Ain't none of these coaches hurt for Exactly. And he's probably going to get a job somewhere because he's not a terrible coach. He's, he's a pretty decent coordinator. He's not a good head coach, but he's, you know, he's going to get a job somewhere. Maybe, maybe Clemson. They got a nice little D opening now. They do. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You know, but we are going to move on to more positive stories here in the section I like to call "Well Played," which is dedicated to positivity. Because in this world full of negativity, we got to spread a little light every once in a while. And I got to give a shout out to the country of origin in my family, Barbados. Finally is free from the British crown. They have cut ties with the queen. They are now officially a republic. They have their own, the first president, you know, they named Rihanna a national hero this past week. They've opened an embassy. You know, they're starting to work on a museum. Um, acknowledging slavery and stuff. I mean, shout out to Barbados just for everything that they're doing. You know, it's it's really great to see one of the best. And you know, my grandfather's dad was from there, so it's it's some ties in my family. I'm not immediately directly Barbados, but shout out to that country. It's always good to see them doing good things. And it's crazy to think of in this 21st century that some countries aren't completely quote unquote free independent, yeah. or independent yeah. or independent like um well, bro, free I, thought y'all got rid of, I thought y'all got rid of the crown like ago, yeah. in, the, in the early 1900s well no 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 they they only they only gained independence in like the 60s but then they were still part of the british commonwealth which like technically they're free but like the queen is still their head of state I think Canada was that way Canada for a still long that time. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like when, and the only reason I know that is because when the whole thing with Meghan and Harry happened, they tried to go to Canada, but they were under the Commonwealth, so it was just a big thing. Like, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of free, it's a lot of independent countries that are still part of the British Commonwealth. Barbados is not even that anymore. Now they're like completely, like, completely we're, we're good. Chill. Yeah. And it's and it's funny because it's not like the queen is an actual figurehead. Uh, she's literally just she's just there for show. Like she don't even do yeah. nothing no more. It's not like back in the day when they actually this were ain't, listening. This to ain't her. Queen Elizabeth. It's like her great granddaughter. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> she's just there to look pretty, have kids, and be a public darling. Right. And you know what? And steal money like from her. black and brown countries. That's about it. Yeah. And she married her cousin, so. Got it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. But shout out to Barbados. I got to go there at some point, man. The water is clear. Water is clear. The food is amazing. 
music is great, and the women. But I'm in a relationship, so I can't deal with the women. That doesn't um, mean you can't listen. I'm going to just move on, because I'm not getting in trouble. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But we talked about Notre Dame's new head coach, and the reason that he is significant is because he is a black man, and we root for everybody black over here. Shout out to Marcus Freeman being named the head coach of Notre Dame in Brian Kelly. Now I got to root for Notre Dame, which is unacceptable in my opinion, because I can't stand Notre Dame. But now I got to root for him because they got a black head coach. Hey, sue me. I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a good thing to see him stay because the whole thing was like Notre Dame could not afford to lose him. You know, Brian Kelly was trying to get him to follow him to LSU and make him the highest paid coordinator. And they really were scared that if he left, there would be a recruiting exodus similar to what we saw at Oklahoma when uh, Lincoln Riley left and just everybody left with him. They didn't want that to happen at Notre Dame. So they did the right thing and they paid Marcus Freeman. And I think they're going to be better off because of it. I hope so. Because I, I do understand. The Notre Dame head football job is a tough job. Yep. Because you can't, re- you can't recruit like everyone else. Like they're kind of like Stanford in that way. Uh, yeah, you get you can get the best athletes you can, but if they don't meet the uh, academic, academic requirement, yeah. they're not they're not gonna let it let it slide like some other D ones. Like yeah. Bama, you get in the, you get the Bama with a one point one GPA. Right. You, as long you, as you play ball, you have to know how to read. As long as you can read defenses. As long as you can read defenses, you may not be able to read the book, but you can read the defenses though. That don't that don't mean nothing at Bama. Right. Texas, they'll let it slide. They're a higher, they're a higher academic school, but they'll let it slide if you can throw the ball pretty well. Hell, even some of these northern schools like Michigan, yeah, okay, you know, academics, they're cool, whatever. But there's some things they still might let slide. Notre Dame, <laughs> no, Notre Dame, Stanford, they ain't letting that slide. They, they ain't letting that slide. And Notre Dame, the other part with that, they Catholic school, so you ain't having sex on campus. So it'd be even harder to get young eighteen year old. Tell an eighteen year old man. Tell an eighteen year old. Uh, hey, look, bro. You gotta have good grades, and you can't be out here fucking. Oh, at a school that is sixty five percent female. They that actually have lost the recruits over that too. There are recruits who tell a story like, "Oh, they told that we can't have sex," and I was like, <laughs> "So yeah, no." And you, you gotta be. Careful. Yeah, be committed. Really committed. And I, and I just wonder if he's going to get the same leash Brian Kelly did. Because Brian Kelly underachieved for 12 years. Do you think Marcus Freeman will get 12 years to underachieve? See, the thing is, Brian Kelly got such of a such a long leash because of the mess that Charlie Weiss left. Exactly. That's why they're like, all right, we, we see that the guy before you probably screwed it up for at least four years, so we got to give you at least double that to try and fix it. And I think it's the same with Jim Harbaugh. I think the reason his leash has been so long is because Rich Rod and Brady Hoke were just that terrible. Yeah. Together. That was that was a combined eight to nine to ten years. They knew this was going to be a work in progress when they got Jim. <laughs> and it's the same thing in Notre Dame. Now, with that being said, they're one of those teams that's in purgatory. They win 10, 11 games a year. They always lose that one big game. But and that's then the thing. Because they're Notre Dame and they make their own schedule and they're not in a conference, we can't feel sorry for them. And we can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not in a conference. So it's like if you lose one game, that's it. Because you can't make up for it. 
you can't. And you can't say, well, you got to play who's in your contract. No. They play whoever between Big Ten and ACC. And you, play literally, you play literally whoever you want, and no one is going to say no because you're the University of Notre Dame. Right. So that's what it is. That's what Marcus, Free- Marcus Freeman's up against. So you just root for him. And then plus, it's Notre Dame. So it's some, it's some, it's some, it's some stuff in there that, you know, being a black coach that you're going to have to deal with. You know what's so funny about that? South Bend, Indiana is hood as hell. Yep. Gary's over there, isn't it? It's somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. South Bend, Indiana is hood as fuck. And they be so racist. Like, bruh. This little section. It's not like Notre Dame. And it's not like Notre Dame's a big school. It's not like it's big. It really isn't. But. Hey, you. You know, you know, fighting Irish. Yeah, Irish looking a little brown now. You know, I mean, they got black Irish. Yeah, leprechauns in the hood. People don't know that though. They do. You know. Now speaking of black coaches, shout out to Deion Sanders and Jackson State University for the first time since 2007. Jackson State are the SWAC champions, and now they get to play in their first Celebration Bowl. You know, and it's a big deal for HBCUs the way that they're doing it because, like, <coughs> to see the stadiums full of they set conference attendance records for FCS program forty two thousand average people were in the stands to see them win games. They had fifty three thousand at homecoming. Like to see that stadium full and to see them just win games and it just felt like a real like like what we see when we're watching Alabama and when we're watching LSU it felt like that it was really cool to see and I love as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Deion Sanders as a person that's a different story right I love that he went to a school like Jackson State in the swag and the SWAC is often the forgotten HBCU conference because it's not on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that he went to a school like Jackson State and he didn't go to a Howard or one of your black Ivies that get enough notoriety that have enough problems. Mm-hmm. So I feel, all right, you went to a lesser known HBCU and got the job done in, a, in the forgotten conference of HBCUs. So I applaud him for that. And That's he did what it quickly I love. too. He did it in just two years. Yep. Like you know, the first year was lost to COVID, so it doesn't really count because half the conference wasn't playing anyway. And then this year, when everybody's playing again, and you got a full recruiting class to work with, and you got all these questions about, oh, you know, he's never coached before, and then you obviously have his history with that scandal with his paid school in Texas, and all that stuff so like it's a lot of questions that he had going in then you know his son is the quarterback so now people are like okay well can he really play or is this just Dion's kid so you answer all these questions and all of them have been answered yep you know not me personally not me personally I would never play football if my dad was a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest players to ever ever play I'd say uh uh dad I'm not doing that I'm playing basketball but his son, both his sons are actually pretty good, though. They both, especially Shador, that boy, yeah, got, that boy can play. I, I ain't. I, I thought he was a little overrated, but like, no, dude can play. And then Shiloh, 
was out here hitting at safety. That boy was, I mean, he ain't his father, <laughs> but he he he, he can mean, hold his own. Though. They're solid players. I just I don't need that kind of expectation yeah, put on me. Yeah, no. So uh, it's cool that you're my dad. I, I lo- I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna reap every benefit of it. I'm gonna meet every celebrity I feel like. I'm going to never want for a single thing in my life because I was born rich. But um, yeah, I'm not gonna let the, let you let the world compare me to you just because we play the same sport. I'm gonna play basketball, and you can't play baseball either because pro. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, baseball's a little bit different though because uh, Dion was black, so you could play baseball and kind of get away with that because it's like they didn't really care. Yeah, Football. but he's also the only player to ever play in a, in a, ma- in a exactly. And Dion, let's not forget, Dion's made the majors, which means you're an all-time great baseball player, regardless, because we know how hard it is to make the majors. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, but yeah, it's different circumstances. But I think, but yeah, I get what you're saying. But also, this also points to the fact that I think this is one of them things that I think you've talked about it, Melo's talked about it. Getting HBCUs to, to eventually be able to play at either the D1 level, Power 5 level, something. Like, I mean, this is one of those things that, you. I mean, we can see it realistically happen. I mean, Dion's got himself a nice recruiting class. It's not just a bunch of guys who, you know, like are the ones who just got overlooked by D1 schools. You got a handful of dudes there that played at the highest level of college football who transferred over to SWAT or to, to Jackson just to play for Dion. Like, it's a lot of guys there that was going to Mississippi State and to Auburn and to some of these schools, and they're like, nah, let's go over down to Jackson and play for Dion. Like, he's got, he's putting together a real program over there. And I hope he stays around long enough to really do really some, build it. Do some things. And and look, Dion has, Dion has made some small but big points. Where he, Remember when he had the press conference, he was like, hey, turn around. Why don't we put names on the back of the jerseys? Yeah. It, it don't cost that much for... I understand these HBCUs don't have Michigan money. They don't have Texas money. They don't have Bama money. My dog, they could shell out extra $400 to put the names on the back of jerseys. Exactly. They can. And, and Dion was, was the first person to point that out. It's like, look, I can afford to do this for the entire swag. I will do it. But we, we got to start giving these babies something. Right. Teams without their names on the back, they're basically high school jerseys. Yep. Who, who wants that? And like, like you said, I've been preaching it. If we want to be seen as equals, we have to stop hiding in our own conferences. Yep. We we have to. That's the only way you're going to get the respect of the big boys. Is you got to beat and play the big boys. Right, and not just not talking money, about not just money game. Yeah, and I'm not talking about you can't go play Nevada and no one cares about beating Nevada. You you can't go beat um you can't go beat North Texas. No one cares about you beating North Texas. You got to go. Big Ten, Big Twelve, SEC. Go pick on the Pac Twelve. The They're sorry. The ACC. It's some sorry ass teams there. Go beat Washington. Go beat Washington State. It's not a huge, you know, thing in the eyes of Power Five, but it's better than beating Nevada. It's better than beating North Texas. It's better than beating Old Dominion. Go, go up on the Pac Twelve. They don't want smoke. Right. You know. 
especially the bottom <laughs> half of the Pac-12. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Arizona State. Go. Yeah. Go Arizona. Smack Arizona State. You know, Colorado. Go like, beat them. Go <laughs> beat Spencer James down at UCLA. You right. know? That that's that's I mean, but I think that that'll come eventually. But yeah, shout out to Deion Sanders and what he's doing at Jackson State, you know, and just bringing the awareness and stuff. Shout out to him for sure. But we are going to end this program with a game. You know, let's play a game. We're here. This is an interesting one I found this week. It took me a while, you know. But I'm gonna just be like, you know, what is a fact that you know that just sounds like it's a conspiracy I saw it on Twitter and I had to bring it here that sounds about right well uh, okay I'll tell you something that's a fact that a lot of people don't know and it made sense how do you think McDonald's makes their money You would assume, you would think, you know, burgers and stuff. McDonald's is not a food service company. McDonald's is a real estate company. You ever seen a, you ever seen a McDonald's on an interstate that's not busy? No. And if if you know the startup cost to to open a McDonald's, it's huge. It's humongous. But they make sure. How many McDonald's you ever seen go out of business? Very few. That's true. That's true. You ever seen a McDonald's being built? No, they just yeah. pop up. No, actually, I haven't. No, they just they get remodeled. I've never seen one getting built. You've seen them under construction. I mean, yeah, you've seen them get remodeled and under construction, but they're still open. I ain't never seen one built from the ground up. They just pop up. They just appear. McDonald's, I don't know if they're money laundering, but they're McDonald's not like they need to. But yeah, bro, think about it. Uh, The place that served more burgers on the face of the planet doesn't make its money through burgers. Real estate. Wait, so you actually like saw this and read it somewhere? Bro, I have watched multiple videos. I've read multiple journals, multiple accounts. They are, they classify themselves as a real estate company. Yeah, I never knew that. It, it doesn't even sound right because really billions doesn't. and billions of burgers served. They're real estate. Yeah, well, I, I I got one that is a little more serious, but you you probably wouldn't unless you really just a history buff like me, and I love me some documentaries, especially about like just just stuff like this. Dole pineapples are responsible. For Hawaii being the 50th U.S. state, they are responsible for overthrowing the last queen of Hawaii, the Kingdom of Hawaii, and turning it and annexing it into a U.S. state. Dole pineapples. That, that was Queen um, Lily Ukulele, right? No, okay. Lily Ukulele. Yeah, I actually do know that one. Um, Dole pineapples. Um, James that Dole. The, that was Found the biggest it. exporter of pineapples on the planet. And they also did it because they needed a halfway point to refuel in the Pacific. Right. And there were a bunch of business leaders that came together, and James Dole being one of them. And they 
decided to start a transitional government and they overthrew the queen, put her on house arrest and basically started the process of annexing Hawaii, turning it into a state. You know, they erased their culture, made turned it basically into a resort island. And that's where we are today, where Hawaii is the 50th state. And a lot of them, a lot of native Hawaiians don't rock with U.S. people. You know, no, and no, it's the they, same thing. We're Howleys. We're Howleys or North or Mainlanders. Yeah, same thing with like Puerto Rico. I mean, it's, it didn't quite happen the same, but like same thing with Puerto Rico. <coughs> Native Puerto Rico. They, what? Rock with. they want to be a state, you know? Like, yeah. and they deserve. Yeah. And they deserve. At this point, fifty-one just sounds awkward, and I think that's the, that's the only legit reason it's not. I mean, but then that's the other thing. If you turn DC into a state, then you get fifty-two. Because DC and I don't know Puerto Rico. I know why DC wasn't originally a state, but why it's not now doesn't make sense. Like it has a bigger population than like 15 states. You know the reason they're even considering actually doing it now is because they'd gentrified it so much now that the the majority of residents of DC aren't black anymore. It's 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 not chocolate city no more. It's white chocolate city. So now they're actually going to consider turning it into a state. And my theory is that's the reason why. Because when it was a majority black city, they were cool with them not having representation and, you know, all that stuff. Now that you got all these white people living there, no, they can't have that. Now, suddenly, a couple years, like a, like a year or two ago, suddenly it pops up. Oh, yeah, let's consider it. That's part of the reason why. Not to say they don't deserve it anyway, but that's part of the reason why. But we, we get into the point of, yeah, Dole Pineapples, the former CEO, the, the founder of Dole Pineapples helped usher in genocide colonialism and imperialism and helped Hawaii become a 50th state and the company you know, the worst part of yeah, it. it's just wild you know it's one of the worst parts about all of that pineapple's not even native to Hawaii yeah exactly that was an import thing they're not even from there they, they just opened happened a to plantation grow there. there they opened a plantation they down just, there they just happened to grow there really well because of the tropical climate. Same with bananas. Yeah, but most of Hawaii stuff is imported. That's why everything there is so expensive. Yeah, because they're they're an island nation. Most island most island places they have to import their stuff because they don't have the room for it. Right. And Japan is the same way. Yeah. So that, that and Britain too, and especially since they left the, the EU. It's even worse now. I mean, Britain is what started all of this because they're on a tiny island. Exactly. Don't get how that tiny <laughs> island was able to colonize half of the damn world, even with guns. It just still seems so crazy to me. But, you know, that that's neither here nor there. They're the best boats. The best boats, really. That's really it, yeah. But we have reached the conclusion of another amazing show. I want to shout out to Jamal and the D1 Igni University family. You know, he's representing for the family. The rest of them are here. But, you know. No one cares about them. They're not important. Right, right. But shout out to you, Jamal. And y'all check him out. Y'all enter his contest. Definitely. Get your bills paid. Get your Come bills on. paid. Definitely get $200 worth of your bills paid. Because 200 goes a long way in this economy. Hey, I, I'm just going to say, outside of a mortgage payment and probably an electric bill, if you have a house, what bill you got that's more than $200? Right. But, yeah. But this year, this year has been 
the play-by-play analysis podcast. I'm Devin Nash, PSK, play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Deuces. Yeah.